thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. <laughs> hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's show. Yeah, I do. Might want to know why I'm whispering. Do I sound like I'm whispering to you guys? <laughs> Anyway, hey everybody, I want to welcome you to today's show. Thank you for coming in. I hope that you enjoy today's show. we got a controversial topic. Are lukewarm Christians destroying America? Huh? Is it your fault? Are you the lukewarm believer that's destroying America? Actually, we're going to talk about that. We're going to air an interview that we did with uh, retired pastor Gary Frazier, who is actually a prophecy expert. He actually owns a travel company that goes to Israel and does a whole bunch of other things. He's very, very well known, and he's kind of, sort of, a White House insider. He actually is very connected to the White House press secretary, our spokeswoman, uh, Mike Huckabee's daughter. Um, and he's got some things today that he has said that's going to well hopefully it will resonate with you well if you resonate with me then it will resonate with you just so you know yeah uh-huh okay so that's what we're going to talk about and we're also going to talk about halloween are you one of those people hmm is it controversy is halloween controversial for christians are we going to talk about halloween as in all hallows eve no or no we're going to talk about pain and we're going to talk about Halloween as in, should Christians be giving candy out to kids? Should teenagers be coming to your door and begging for candy? Seriously, people. I have so many feelings about this. It irritates me. But anyway, actually, and there is actually an article over on uh, the Frederick News Post talking about how, well, let's see, it's titled this, Local Pagans Discuss often misunderstood religion as Halloween approaches. Gee, I wonder why it's misunderstood. Pagans, witches, witchcraft. And most of the churches bewitched because it doesn't even look at it and go, oh, whatever. I'm going to, you know, last night, I'm just going to say this. Last night, I taught Awana at my church. Almost, and, and part of the, uh, part of the, I'm not sure what the right word is, but part of the activities, I guess it is, the children were told to dress up, right? Come in your your costume. Yeah. And anyway, so the kids did come in their costume, and they were kind of cute. One of them was a stormtrooper from, from Star Wars. Two of them were dinosaurs. They had these dinosaur heads on. Um, but one that was really disturbing to me was a girl dressed in a, a skull faced, like a really ugly mask. And, I, and I'm like going, really? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I just, 
I'm like, the irony of it all is that their kids are in Awana. They're learning scripture. They're supposed to be memorizing the Bible. And they're, they're dressing up as these death things. <laughs> like, the parents don't under, seem to understand it's a kind of an incongruent message they're giving their kid. Oh, yes, we as believers want you to dress up as death warmed over. And then... Uh, teach you about the Bible and how Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And anyway. he's conquered death. Yeah, he has. And th this is the thing that I don't understand, right? I don't understand how Christians, and okay, let me just say this, okay, because don't get mad at me. You could get mad at me. I guess you could throw tomatoes at me if you'd like. I'll go, <laughs> you missed. Um, anyway. <sighs> I, okay, I'm not a parent, so I cannot judge parents, okay? Just so you know, I'm not a parent. I'm not speaking from that position because I can't. I can't in good conscience say, well, you know, I raised my kid this way, blah, blah, blah. I can't because I'm not a parent, right? So I don't know the peer pressure in parenthood um, to, you know, have my kid dress up or go and get candy everywhere. But what I can tell you is that... Growing up for me, Halloween, I don't know. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I didn't have any, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, no, no one dressed up as Jesus. That's a good point, Melanie. No, not even any angels either. I mean, come on, you know. Um, but anyway, um, growing up, I remember we would go trick-or-treating and, you know, my mom would, of course, I knew now, now I know why she did it because she wanted to pick her favorite candy, but she would go through all the candy and, you know, throw out the apples and stuff that people stupidly gave us. And, <laughs> and she would divide all the candy, you know, and all that. But, and that, that was what it is. And for most people, that is the thing. But trick-or-treating for a teenager this is this big debate in my local Facebook group. That's why that's where that question came from today. I, I posted on my Facebook was should teenagers be trick or treating? No, they shouldn't be. Just so you know, teenagers should not be trick or treating. They're teenagers. But the argument is, oh, well, you know, we should let them go because otherwise they'll go out and do drugs and drink alcohol and that other stuff. And I'm like, if your kid is doing that already, Halloween isn't the issue there. Just so you know, okay? Somebody on Twitter told me, well, you know, all these holidays have alcohol and stuff attached to them. I'm like, I guess I wouldn't know. Especially as a Christian, we're supposed to be in the world, not of it, right? Give me an amen for that, right? In the world! We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. So here's the thing. Why are Christians advocating and like you know, what's the word? You know, you're like changing stuff. Well, it's a harvest festival. A harvest of what? Plenty? Souls? I thought that should take place in November. We'd be thankful during Thanksgiving. Um, it's baloney. Let's just say it that way. I'll be polite. Okay? It's baloney. Seriously. To me, it's baloney. And this is my show. I can say what I want. You can shut me off if you want. But hear me out. Okay, so there's all these arguments, right? There's all, all these arguments about, well, you know, what's it hurt the kid, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's talk about candy in general, okay? Look, I, I, I openly admit I like candy probably way too much, which is why I try to avoid buying it because if it's here, I'm going to eat it, and that's a true story. I mean, I actually swore off peanut M&Ms earlier 
this year because it's like my ultimate downfall is is like peanut M&Ms. So if you love me, never give me those because <laughs> they're like crack. And as I've had on my show, I've had Dr. Lisa Solcente, I've had Denise Smith, I've had Jody Summers. Jody, is that right? I think it's right. Anyway, all on my show, you know, who are talking about the dangers of sugar and sugar and the the addiction to sugar is like way more than it is even to cocaine. And I, I totally agree because I'm like addicted. I'm, I'm, I'm a sugar addict. I have to admit it. Um, I like sugar. And with the problems children have today, the last thing we need to be doing as a church is advocating these kids getting all this candy given to them. Because, you know, let's just be honest, right? Parents like sugar, too. And let's just be honest, parents don't want to fight with their kid who's like, well, so-and-so is going to be blah, 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 blah. So what's the church do? The church compromises and calls it a harvest festival. And then they go and they do this thing and everybody, and it's like completely a Christianized pagan event. Let's just say it that way. And yet I've never met one person, me personally, I've never met one person that I know of who's ever gotten saved, really born again at one of these events that churches do. Now, one of my friends said that he has actually seen fruit of that. And that's true. Great. Awesome. That would, that would be very rare in my opinion, though. Okay. What I have heard, however, and this is different, is that some churches use it as a local outreach to reach their community. How is that being any different than the world, though, trying to reach your community? For what? Oh, yeah, this church has an awesome Halloween party every year. Yeah, that's what I want to go to, that type of church. Now, look, and and I'm indicting the church, I admit it, and maybe God will judge me for being harsh, but I just don't think we should do it. And I think that Christians need to be educating people about the dark side of the supernatural, and that's what Halloween depicts. On my street, I was walking my dogs the other day, on my little street that I live on, some Christians that live at the end of my street, they have a full-on graveyard and stuff in their yard. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm like going, are you serious? Around the corner from me and various other places in my neighborhood, people have these full-on cemeteries and skeletons and witches flying across their thing. And I'm like, what the heck? And they all think it's funny. Or they all think think it's a great idea and blah, blah, blah. And yet what it is, is completely, goes completely contrary to the word of God, which says not to entertain the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness. And death is death. And that's what Halloween, frankly, does. You know, they actually, you know, it, it, it glorifies death. I, I saw on Facebook uh even on tasty you know the the food thing um they had these halloween foods right halloween foods what was it like like these dracula teeth with bleeding gums and all i'm like really i'm like this is gross why would anybody want to eat something that looks gross like that or they actually find anything relatively comforting in that i mean it's insane when you consider that, yeah, maybe I'm an old fogey. Yeah, I guess I'm 50 now. I can say that, right? Eh, sunny. <laughs> Actually, you know, the thing is, 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 it's like, it irritates me because it's like, 
people just do this. And so are lukewarm Christians a big part of this? Yeah, they are. And do I judge these people? Yep. <laughs> Not in a mean way, but in a way that goes, really, we need to educate this these people. Because even though kids don't associate Halloween with religion in most cases, this is a high holy day for the devil, okay? Let's just call it that. And people who don't believe in the devil as Christians, you guys need to get educated because the devil exists. The very fact that you don't believe in him shows that he's done his job really well. Ugh, drives me crazy. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to get your opinion on some of that. But I would like to start this out by reading this article titled Local Pagans Discuss Often Misunderstood Religion as Halloween Approaches. <sighs> All right, and then we're going to play this, this interview with Gary Frazier. And if you think I'm outspoken, you're going to love Gary because he, he's, he's way more outspoken than I am. So it says this, Pagans do not worship the devil. They are not evil, naked witches. They are not a community of goths or vampire lovers. They are not a group of social outcasts. With those misconceptions aside, said Irene Glass, Organizer of the local group of pagans, people can see the diversity of the religion. Most pagans look perfectly normal, she said. They look like you or me or anyone. And we run the gamut in terms of what sort of professions we have. We are nurses and doctors and lawyers and checkout clerks. We are everything. Paganism is an umbrella term that encompasses a variety of religions, the majority of which are polytheistic and have strong connections to the natural world. The religions draw on a strong sense of ancestry or lineage, lineage, which is why some believers draw from Norse, Greek, and other ancient mythology. Followers can worship a goddess or a god or multiple, and speaking of being chosen by their deity. In the county, the Frederick uh, Covenant of UU Pagans have met at the Universal or at the Unitarian U Universalist Congregation of Frederick for nine years and the organiz organization is about 15 years old. First of all, if you're not aware, the Unitarian Universalists are completely godless people. Okay, completely. Anyway, the pagan community has been present in the region since the 1960s. In Frederick, the community is growing. This year, more than 550 people participated in the annual Pagan Pride Day. In Frederick County. The increase is a combination of more people becoming interested in the religion and a society that has become more understanding. Yeah, it has. Yes, we're more understanding of the pagans and them getting their feelings hurt and stuff. And Anyway, people who have been marginalized by other religions can find a home in paganism. The religion offers spirituality without many of the socially constricting rules. Yeah, like like uh like you sinned and you need to like actually repent of your sin and receive the free gift of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sin. Right? See, that's what this does. This takes out sin, and that's what pagans don't like and frankly that's what the devil wants. The devil wants that completely ignored, the whole fact that you sinned, that I sinned, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He wants to be able to, uh, you know, these people want to completely reject Jesus Christ as who he is, who is the son of God, who died on the cross for your sin, right? So, people have a deep need for spiritual connections, she said. But a lot of the traditional, more mainstream forms of religion began to ethically 
counter our understanding of social mores and the changes that we as a larger culture were undergoing. Magic is a prayer. Pagans tend to be more open-minded than those of other religions, said Tamara Curry, a Frederick C.U.U.P.S. member. The 54-year-old transgender woman, Reed Mann, first expressed her, Reed, his, true gender identity on the playground as a six-year-old Catholic student, uh, school student. She, Reed, he, was chastised by school officials and sent to three years of Catholic conversion therapy. So, yeah, so, okay, so we see where this is going. It took me a very, very long time to find myself again, Curry said. Curry had her read his first encounter with her goddess while finishing her college degree in history and paganism. She feels a deeper spiritual connection than anything she experienced in 16 years of Catholic schools and mouthing the ritualistic words, she said. Well, anybody who's ever gone to Catholic school can totally understand that experience, just saying. The Catholic Church... Uh, doesn't teach scripture, and they have done more harm for, for the gospel than most people would want to openly admit, but I will admit that. Okay, anyway, her goddess is the Morrigan, the queen of death and battle in the Irish tradition. Why would anybody want to have a goddess be the queen of death? And, and battle. Those and, are things to aspire after. They, I'm okay. inspired by death and battle. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Something's, something's wrong with that picture. Okay. Just saying. Curry said she, and this is a man, remember, uh, has modeled her life after the Morrigan, becoming a black belt and competing as an archer. Much of what she has learned about Wicca, a pagan witchcraft that worships a goddess or god and follows the natural cycles of the sun or moon, has come from reading and apprenticeship, she said. So she, he is a witch. He's a male witch, masquerading as a female. Anyway, like many pagans, Curry maintains an altar in her home. Many people have misconceptions when pagans talk about magic, when really there are many similarities to prayer, Curry said. <laughs> magic is a prayer, she said. That's all it is. A spell is a prayer. Really now? Because in the New Testament book of Acts, when there was sorcery and things going on, uh, you know, the Lord had issues with that, and so did his, his um, disciples and apostles. Anyway, she said she casts runes in times of need, using the stones to interpret messages. However, pagans are responsible for their own lives, unlike those in other religions, Curry said. Their prayers are not asking a deity to intervene on their behalf. There is no Jesus take the wheel moment, Curry said. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Say, well, there's no Jesus take the, the wheel moment because they deny Jesus and his power. But here's the thing. If you've ever known anybody who's been into witchcraft like I have, and you know their story of how they got out. Jesus was the one that got them out of it. Um, and so anyway. Instead, pagan prayers are for a boost of clarity, insight, or strength. Having studied many religions through her history degree, each faith comes down to universal rules, Curry said. In Christianity, it is to love one another as Jesus did. Really? Is that it? Nah, that's not it. Anyway, in Buddhism, it is to love the world as mother loves her only child. Among witches, the Wiccan read states, and ye harm none, do what ye will. Really? Okay. I think it's a matter of identity, Curry said. Underneath it all, we're all worshiping the same thing. It's just how we view it. 
the truth is, is we're not all worshiping the same thing or being. Uh, Christians worship Christ and the one true God that happens to be the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. These people worship demons and they're masquerading as dead people and other things. And, and nature, they worship Mother Nature. They call out to the earth. They, I mean, all this stuff, it's like completely insane. A connection to the natural world. Devin Gaither sees those similarities too. The 29-year-old grew up in Hagerstown in an agnostic household where she was encouraged to learn as much as she could. The more I read, the more I saw how much different religions really had in common with each other. I feel like a lot of people spend time arguing about all the differences when really there's this primal foundation that has the label of animism. Animism? Animism. Animism. There you go. Okay. That's really what's important for all of us, especially in a world today where we're really so fragmented and arguing about our differences. Since her late teens, Gaither has been practicing animism, a religion that sees all things as being alive and connected to the natural world. She is drawn to the idea that all objects and creatures have a spirit, one of the central tenets of animism. Now I said that kind of crazy but anyway Gaither said she sees lots of the undercurrent themes of animism among pagans along with a disconnection from the natural world in today's society it's really easy in the modern world to get disconnected from our place in our environment and the ecosystem she said really I've been on the earth 50 years and I have never been disconnected from our ecosystem. So I'm not sure how I got disconnected, how that is even possible. But we're just as much a part of that environment and ecosystem as plants, as animals. And just because we live in these pieces of architecture that we've created doesn't remove us from that environment and that ecosystem. Gaither works as a software developer, so she said it can become easy to get lost in experiencing the world through a digital lens, not to mention the pervasiveness of social media. Her practice includes a lot of solitary contemplation. She turns to nature for inspiration and answers to questions. She tries to spend as much time as possible in nature as well as traveling, she said. Instead of just reading about things and places online, I try to just go there and see and experience them myself. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, actually. Growing visibility. The internet has helped expand the local pagan religion. The online community has made an incredible difference, Glass said. Before the internet, people interested in paganism had to get lucky in finding communities or other believers. The solitary nature and diversity of practices of the religion does not lend itself to forming large groups. Part of the solitude was a historic survival mechanism in times like during the Roman Empire when openly practicing was met with persecution. The social consequences of being openly pagan are much milder today than in previous decades, Glass said. However, the D.C. area presents some challenges to pagans because long-held misconceptions about the religion persist. Really? Nah, they don't. It's just that if you actually really say what they're about, just like anybody in a minority, they just cry victim or discrimination, and and then they throw a big hissy fit, and a, and you know, and then they have a parade, and you're supposed to feel sorry for them and give them the rights, blah 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 blah, etc. <clears throat> there are still a lot of people who try to stay in the broom closet, especially in this area 
where we have a lot of people who work for the federal government. The wrong person finding out that they have an alternative alternative belief system can really go sideways for them in terms of their employment yeah if you're a christian you get fired right on the spot you're fired dude for your belief in jesus but if you're a pagan and a witchcraft saint worshiper like hillary clinton and all those guys are no problem you can run for office to be the president on november 10th the frederick covenant of uu pagans will celebrate samhain the group celebrates eight holiday rituals a year and meet once a month at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation. Uh, same Sam Hain, a traditional Gaelic festival, is associated with Halloween for its recognition of the dead and the belief that the barrier between the world of the living and that of the dead is thin. It is the most well-known ritual of that religion overall is growing more well-known. Curry likened the resurgence of paganism to a quote attributed to a pagan author, Orion Foxwood. When the world needs witches... She makes witches. Why do you think there are so many of us now? And mark my words on this one. You're gonna, you're, some of you aren't going to like what I'm about to say or believe what I'm about to say. But the truth is, there are most likely witches in the church you attend. Uh, and they, would, they masquerade themselves as white witches. That's what they call themselves. And they're there to create division in the church and to bring down the pastor and any godly people in that church. Um, and if you don't believe me, I'm going to have people on the show that will probably talk to you more about that because it's true. And if you wonder why the, the Christian church in America has been so ineffective in so many ways, it's because of this. But nobody talks about it because nobody believes in it. Right, Bareface? Yeah, and it's interesting of of uh, all the examples to choose from. There's no Jesus take the wheel movement. Huh. You know, they meet the universal, you know, the Unitarian Universalist Church. You know, we're all united. There's really one deity that goes by many names. We all worship, and you know, I've studied religions. And they're all basically the same. We're all worshiping the same thing, except for. You know, those pesky, irritating Christians. Yep. That don't join our pride parade, our pagan pride parade. And Well, and look, I mean, look at the after-school Satan clubs. Mm-hmm. Who do you think runs those, you guys? Just, just curious. Do you think it's a Christian mother and father that set that up? No, it's some witch or Wiccan who did it. I mean, think about it. But they, they make fun of it. The Church of Satan, they make fun of that. It's like, really? How dumb do we got to believe? I mean, or be. How dumb do we got to be? Ugh. Anyway. Can't we all just get along? No, we can't. We cannot all get along. <laughs> because the people who say that, they reject the claims of who Jesus is. And if you reject who Jesus is, you're rejecting God. And you're on your way to hell, which is ultimately what the devil wants. He wants people to go, you know, to hell. That's the whole goal, to deceive them. And the Bible says over and over, be not deceived, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. It's not about church tradition. Nope. It's about the words of Yeshua, about the words of Jesus, his unique truth claims. Yep. And uh, the free gift of eternal life that he offers. Anyway, back to you. Okay. I am going to uh, think. Okay, what we're going to do now 
is we're going to play the Gary Frazier interview in just a minute. But since we're already halfway through the show, I should say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming in. You guys are awesome. Jeff, you're here. Diane, Melanie, Stephen, Mia, Advar, Rachel Ross. Hey, we got friends here. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. And some other sex bot people are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... um. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming in. And also, if you're on YouTube, thank you for watching on YouTube. If you're on uh, Facebook, you got to say something so I know you're there. And if you're listening to the Archive Audio Podcast, please let me know because you guys never listen. All you guys listen to the podcast, you never tell me. You really, really should tell me you're listening. That would be helpful. Um, okay, and then the other thing is, don't forget our sponsor, Ariel Ministries. This We're almost at the end of the month. We have a free Bible study called The Local Church. You can still download that at our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. And you can save 20% on anything in their bookstore at Ariel.org when you use the coupon code BibleNews. We will be putting a ticker up on our thing to remind you of that in the future. Um, also, uh, I have actually a special going on right now. Last week we were talking about the book um, Fearless Prayer, and um, and I have that set for fifteen dollars at on my website. Here's the thing: we're still trying to recoup some of our conference costs that for going to that. If you haven't uh, donated lately to us, one way you can donate is by getting something from us. If you buy the book Fearless Prayer through my website, it's fifteen dollars. I will also include Doug Hershey's other book on Israel uh, free for you and that will be it that includes the the shipping as well so it's $15 flat I'll include the fearless prayer book and Doug Doug Hershey's book on Israel um, it's his actually his first book and we're going to have him on the show probably I'm not sure when but not too far from now to talk about his first book and as you guys might recall he is the author also of Israel Rising which is that nice book that shows the before and after pictures of Israel before it got born again and now how it is so all that so all i have to do is go purchase the book fearless prayer through our website at biblenewsradio.com go to the resources page and purchase it and i will go ahead and i will also include the other book for you as well okay or you could just donate flat out if you want uh to support the show that way you could do that too um and also yeah here's the other thing it is the end of the month and I got to tell you that if you want to support um, our other company, you know, our other tent making job with Legal Shield, uh, we are still looking for people to either become an associate with us or to, uh, you know, become a member of Legal Shield, get your legal protection and get your identity theft protection. Um, it would be really good if I could sign a couple of you up today. That would help us. Uh, that would help me actually continue to be in the running for the Cabo San Lucas trip in Mexico and or. Um, you know, and, and more importantly is what I meant to say, um, you'll get protected, which is actually more important than the trip, to be honest, at the very least, you should get identity theft protection. So if you're interested in doing that and helping us meet our goal this month, we still haven't met it yet. Um, if you message me after the show, we can get you hopefully signed up today or tomorrow. All right. Sound like a plan. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So couple weeks ago we were in Oklahoma and at the prophecy conference and Gary Frazier was there and I have to tell you this Gary Frazier has been on my show numerous times but the last time he was on was about six years ago and I was talking to uh, 
I think it was Donald Perkins that he he was like, hey, how are you doing? And I looked at him and I go, wait a minute, that guy looks so familiar. And I'm like, who is it though? And Donald says, that's Gary Frazier. I go, oh my gosh, that's Gary Frazier. I said, Gary, it's me, Stacy Harp. Anyway, he knew who I was because I'm hard to forget. Anyway, um, we hooked up and uh, he has a brand new book out. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but even more so, I think you're going to really appreciate what he has to say. And so this is Dr. Gary Frazier, retired pastor, uh, who uh, who was my guest there at the Prophecy Conference. So sit back and enjoy the next, what, 15 minutes or so? Uh, a little over 14. Okay. All right, so everybody, just so you know, hello, people. <laughs> Glad that you're here, still watching our coverage from this conference. I actually, this is Gary Frazier. Are you a doctor? I am. I have a PhD in theology, yes. Okay, so this yep. is Dr. But Gary But I'm Frazier. still just Gary. He's Gary. Okay, so I don't even know how many years ago I met you. I mean, I had you on my show numerous times. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good while. And he walked by as I was talking to Don Perkins, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. Who is that? Oh, Don's like, that's Gary Brown. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh. So I finally have to meet you in person. Yep, great. Great to meet you. Great to meet you. Thank you. You look great. Don Perkins is a great friend of mine. I love that guy. Yeah, I love, well, I love everybody here. But Okay, so we interviewed you, I think, last time about this. Yeah, that was my book, It Could Happen Tomorrow, Future Events Will Shake the World. I remember us talking about that. Nine coming events that are looming right now on the Near horizon. So. 2012, six years yeah, ago. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's but it's as relevant today as it was when I wrote it. Yeah. Okay. So this is your new book, Two Americans Divorcing God. Now th- this is okay. So this is interesting because you told tell about tell. Well, basically, what the reason I wrote this book is is that. Uh, I've been watching for a long I'm a student of history. I've been watching for a long time that as America continues in this downward spiral toward our own total depravity uh, and ultimately the death of America as we know it. But, you know, I use the analogy in the Divorcing God book of a marriage because unfortunately and sadly, marriages sometimes get to the place where they would say we have irreconcilable differences. And once that happens, it's all over with because then the communication totally stops. That's actually where we arrived on November the 8th. We as Americans got married uh, on July 4th of 1776, and on November the 8th, when Donald Trump was elected in 2016, we, for all intents and purposes, got a divorce. In these last uh, couple of years, uh, since this election, we've now come to the place where we have irreconcilable differences. No longer can, is there any compromise in Washington because the issues are, are moral issues. And so we can never compromise on divorce, on homosexual marriage, on, on, on all these issues that prayer in school and those things that have become really things that didn't exist back as late as the 60s and 70s when we could still sit down when everyone seemingly at least pretended to have a moral compass. Today they threw the moral, those those on the left have thrown the moral compass out and today we can't have any type of civil discourse with about half of America. And the result of that is is that we now have two countries that are totally divided. Yeah, and it's sad. It is sad and I think it breaks my heart the tragedy is, is that they're absolutely, and, no, and people are not going to like me being this brash, there is no way to, to resolve this problem. 
And the reason for that is, is that those on the left go farther and farther and farther in their anti-God because you see what's going on in America is really not about our Constitution. It's not about our freedoms. It's the fact that these people absolutely hate God. They hate the name of Jesus. And the other side of that is, is that they don't realize that we on the right, oftentimes, the conservative side, don't realize that we're involved in a spiritual war. This is God versus Satan, I'm telling you. And so there is no way to reconcile the situation that we have. So what I did in, as I write through about how we got here, and then the final chapter is some positive steps about what to do. One of the things that I come to understand is is that we can no longer expect this is the new normal we can no longer expect what we saw with the judge kavanaugh confirmation process is only going to increase yesterday former ag uh, holder said when michelle obama used to say when they go low we go high i say no when they go low we kick them and that kind of attitude the violence the viciousness that we've seen attacking Steve Scalise, other of our congressmen, attacking when Maxine Waters stands up and says, if you see any of the president's administration, Sarah Palin, anyone else, I mean, uh, Sarah Huckabee, anyone else like that, you create a crowd, you create a ruckus, you attack them. You can't, there's no way to reconcile. We can't get our arms. Those of us who love everybody and want everybody to, to have a life, we can't, there's no way to compromise with these people. So that's why we're in the best we're in. Well, and it's really sad, but don't you think this is an opportunity for the church to be the light? Well, uh, normally, I would say yes to that. Yeah. The problem is, is that the defining church today is getting increasingly difficult. Amen. Because the word church, as you know in the Greek text, is the word ecclesia, which means called out ones. But what we're seeing in the quote-unquote institutionalized modern-day church is, is that sadly we're seeing so much of what Paul said to Peter when he said that in the last days they would gather themselves one person after another to tickle their ears. And what we're seeing is an attempt to, by so many preachers, and I'm not, I don't want to paint too broadly a brush, but it's a too broad a brush, but I'm going to tell you, I'm traveling all the time across America, speaking in churches and talking to believers. We're seeing so many of, and I don't want to just paint these, but the young, so many younger guys who are trying to just simply become popular and liked by everybody. And listen, the bottom line is, uh, the church in America, that is, the church is an institution, is starving to death for someone to stand up and preach the uncompromising Word of God, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, and let the chips fall where they may. But today we've gotten to the point where pastors are scared to death they're going to get fired, how they're going to get a job, how they're going to take care of their children, so they just go along to get along. That's the tragedy of what look at Revelation chapter 2 and 3, which I happen to write about in the book called The Deceivers. I wrote about the Laodicean life. And that, as you know, is not hot, not cold, midstream, lukewarm. God hates that. And I'm concerned about that's the fact that we are. Today, fewer and fewer men and women have the courage to stand up and speak the truth of the Word of God. Amen. Well, in, well, okay, see, now you know why this guy's been on my show. Now, individual believers, there are a lot of believers right. who have the courage to stand up and speak out. Like and me. thank God for them, like you and many others, yeah. social media and so forth. Um, but you I know what? A, We're being banned, though. Oh, yeah. You know, our show, as, as small as it uh -huh. is, you know, I mean, it's big yeah. for you know, yeah. what we do, but... 
Facebook won't even. I've been doing this series called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America based on their book, After the Ball. Yes. And Facebook won't even let me boost the post to put it out. They won't take my money. I do not doubt that at all because they have aligned themselves with evil. Yeah. And they are as afraid of the name of Jesus and they don't want truth out because Satan is using them to brainwash an entire culture today yeah. uh, and I will so tell you when, when homosexual marriage in June of 15 was legalized I'm going to tell you the lid came off the top and you just look at what's happened since in the transgender you know, thing hit full force now they're running around holding banners you know sexual freedom the North American Man Boy Love Association I mean it just gets sicker and sicker by the day yeah, yeah. well in Amblos you know their, their motto is sex before age Absolutely. and they're trying to lower the age of consent that's ridiculous and people listening or watching this interview they have a hard time believing that's happening. Folks, listen to me. It's Believe happening. it. It's, it's happening. happening. And if you're not having the conversation with your kids and your grandkids, if you're not praying the blood of Jesus over them and doing spiritual warfare of their lives, if you're not talking to them about the, this, these kinds of things, you're behind the eight ball because I want to tell you, their friends are talking to them about it. Yeah. Today, transgenderism, is, in fact, I have a slide that was done that just simply talks about all the cool girls are going transgender. A friend of mine is a professor at Northeast Louisiana State in Hammond, Hammond, Louisiana, Hammond, Louisiana, who used to be a member of my church when I was pastoring in Louisiana. She said to me not long ago, Gary, on our campus where I teach, homosexuality, lesbianism is the preferred choice. That's that's scary. You know what? I was just talking to somebody yesterday, a good friend of mine, who was asking me about how how do you address when a teenager decides that they want to be a transgender? You know? Yeah. And and she was saying in front of her that that's happened. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, one of the things I'm I'll, looking now at the camera. Well, just one so of you know. the things I'm gonna I'll, I'll tell you, and I'm 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 open about this. We have lost two of our granddaughters to lesbians. Both of them raised in Christian homes, but both of them aggressively recruited uh, because of their sports by lesbian coaches. And I will tell you, our kids and our our, our, our kids did not see those early signs. And I got to tell you, grandparents and parents, if you don't, you need to have a conversation. I took my 12-year-old grandson, he's 24 now, I took him when he's 12, and I said, son, we're going to have a graphic talk about homosexuality. Because this business of seeing two little boys walking along holding hands and hugging each other, that's not reality. Let me tell you what really takes place in this situation. Finally, after a bit, he said, Papa, you're making me sick. I said, Good. I'm telling you the truth, son. This is what happens. And so we need more courage. Uh, you know, listen. I don't want my kids, and I, I'm not trying to be my kids and grandkids, I'm not trying to be their buddy. I'm trying to have some authority in their life to teach them that Satan's goal is to destroy them. And that's what we're trying to avoid happening. And I will tell you, the battle's raging. Oh yeah, well, you know, one of the things I always talk about is how homosexuality and abortion in particular, those two things, it's the devil's design on the imprint of his image on us. Yeah. He hates us because we're made in his image. That's the only reason. And just like, you know, the minor attractive people, the maps now, the pedophiles, they're coming up, they're using the same playbook. So people think we're nuts, but we're not. It's true, it's documented, and we document it, Gary documents it. Well, we're sounding the the warning. You know, somebody's got to stand up and say, folks, listen. 
we're the terminal generation, and 300 people every six minutes of every day in America die and go to hell with that. Well, let me back up. Die, the majority of them, if the Bible's correct and it is, says that the majority of them go to hell. Yeah. It's sad. Tell me a little bit about this book, The Seavers. Well, Terry James is the general editor of this book, and he's a great friend, loves God. And a bunch of us, about 13 of us, Jan Markell, Dave Reagan, a number of, uh, of us, were asked if we would write a chapter, and he assigned us what he wanted us to write about. I did. And it's a wonderful book, uh, quite honestly. I enjoyed writing my chapter. I've read the entire book, what everyone has written, and it's very, very well done. Good book. So it basically talks about the deceivers that are here today. Yeah, because, you know, when yeah. you read Matthew 24, for example, when Jesus talked about famine and pestilence and earthquake and ethnic strife and so forth, he talked about all those things, but he named them only once. But there was one thing he named four times. Watch out that no one deceives you. And today we have the greatest opportunity for deception the world's ever known with media and internet. Thank you, Al Gore, for creating the internet and bringing that. But the bottom line is, yeah, deception is rampant, both in and out of the church. Well, and outside the church, they don't care as much. I care about it in the church because without the effectiveness of the church, we're not going to be doing anything. Anyway, so you rock, dude. (laughs) Well, you're very kind. Thank you. I'm not trying to rock. I'm trying to be... I tell everybody, listen, my goal is not to be sensational. It's to be biblical. I know, but that's why I love you. You know, and, and, you know, know, six years ago, you can't wait six years to come on my show again. Well... You know, I do have a telephone and I do have an email. You know, and I do have a website, GaryFraser.com, so I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> all right, good. So, all right, so and they can get this book? Or they can, and I'll tell you, this book is, is if you, the, the digital format on, on Amazon, it's only 99 cents. I tried to give it away. They won't They won't let you. you got to put some type of price on it. The, if you want the paperback edition, then you got to order, order it through them or us. It's eight ninety nine if you go on uh, Amazon. I think we sell it for $8 or something. But, yeah, it's just a steal. I mean, it really is. is. We, we're not, listen, we don't do books. We don't do DVDs to make money. We do it because we have a message that we want to get out to the body of Christ to help them grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus and to understand He's coming sooner, sooner than you think. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, you know, your generation is just like, just slightly above mine, and I have a really heart to try to get the younger generation. They're afraid of Bible prophecy. Yeah, I know. I don't like that. I wish we had another. I wish we had another word. Uh, that's demonic. He's trying. There's a. I wish we had another word for prophecy. You know, I, I'm doing a message here tomorrow called, the, you know, uh, the terminal generation, because I believe that when Israel became a nation, we, we launched into the terminal generation. We're there. The signs are everywhere. I mean, you got to you know, be blind not to see them. You really That's do. True. Well, you have to be disinterested, disillusioned. You know, if and and so much of the world doesn't really care. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea that there was a Genesis and there's going to be a revelation. Yeah. Um, Amen. So. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. God bless you. I'm glad I saw Appreciate that. <laughs> and thank you, Mr. Cameraman. That's my husband. Okay. All right, so that was Dr. Gary Frazier, who I think you might be hearing a little bit more from in the future here on the show. Um, we had a really good talk afterwards, and um, and I have his card, and we're going to get him on for sure. One of the things that he, he told me was probably once Sarah is out of the White House, 
uh, he could probably hook me up with her, get her on our show uh, to, you know, talk about not only being a woman of faith, but what was it like to, to work inside the Trump administration and be, you know, attacked by people who should really know better. Right. You know, so he actually he actually um, he actually uh, touched on a couple of things I just want to, you know, throw out here. You know, it's interesting. And Randall, I'd love your thoughts on this, too. You know, he he was talking about how the church, you know, in Scripture is we're the called out ones, right? We're ecclesia. We're we're supposed to be the called out ones, but yet here we are looking exactly like the world. And and he said, pastors today, quote, they go along to get along. You know, they don't want to lose their jobs. And not only did he say this, but also Jeff Kinley said this in some of his presentations. And we're probably going to be playing our, our interview with Jeff in a couple of days. But this is a common theme, um, you know, of, of these things taking place. And and then the other thing he talked about was how he actually, you know, talked about how, you know, in his own family, he's lost some grandchildren to the to the LGBT agenda. Um, and then, of course, the rise of transgenderism. Uh, which think about it, we just read this article about paganism and they highlighted a man who wants to be a girl and claims to be a transgender. So what is the appeal in that? Demonically, the appeal is to destroy the image of God and humanity. You know, and last night I was, I'll say this, last night at Awana when I was teaching those children, I, I you know, I talked to them out of Psalm 139, God loves you. He fearfully, he wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You have unique fingerprints. You have unique eyes. You have unique, you are unique. And so if you don't feel like you're unique or special or fearfully and wonderfully made, I have to tell you that um, that you're wrong because you are, right? But the devil, he wants to mess with people's heads and mess with their identity. And he's doing a great job. It really is. He doesn't have to mess with people outside the church. They're already gone. It's that's why the church is so messed up right now, in my opinion. But I'm done. Like done with everything. Like well, I thought I'd shut up so you could say something. Well, <laughs> Just so you know. I'm, I mean, I agree with everything's been said. In a time when. It seems like from from the church, the, the the reaction or lack of reaction is opposite what it ought to be. I don't say we should be militant. No. You know, like you know the those uh, you know advocating for godlessness, not at all. But instead of being passive, there seems to be well because there's this uprise and these things are controversial, then I will avoid controversy. You know, I'll just say nice things and, and and positive things about positive thinking or or self-esteem or whatever and and not go where any of this other stuff is. You know, go along to get along. and um, But that doesn't create any... Uh, that doesn't improve the situation at all. That basically gives a license uh, to godlessness and immorality in the church because... Again, it's clear from First Corinthians chapter five that you know um, that you know those outside the church that's none of the church's business, and in, in that the the world's going to act like the world, 
God judges those outside. It's not the uh, it's not the position of the church those outside to judge those outside the body of Christ, but it is the responsibility of those inside to to judge those inside and keep a clean house. Um, judgment begins with the house of God. Uh, Peter tells us in his epistle that. You know, we see parallels in ancient Israel where the temple was in disrepair and that kind of thing. Um, it was it was emblematic, I guess, of the spiritual condition. And so when we take this sort of passive sort of response uh, to godlessness, we'll, we'll not even talk about these things in the church. The pulpit is no place to talk about homosexuality or or you know paganism or or pedophilia you know those those kind of those uncomfortable top, you yeah you know we're at, so yeah. that creates environment well those things aren't important uh, so those can go on in the shadows and the corners or in the pews and they're not a concern because we don't even talk about them I mean that gives I think a license to those things um, within the confines of the body of Christ. So and these things need to be spoken uh, to keep keep the you know the bride pure. Yeah. As, and... as a bride adorned for a husband, chaste and you know without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And yet you have people like Bill Hybels decades ago who decided to introduce the um seeker seekers sensitive. Of, yeah invite the immorality into yeah. the walls of the church well yeah we'll basically say hey you know we're gonna make church about the unbeliever as opposed right. to making a house of worship and a house of prayer which is what it is right it's supposed to be and you know most churches have no prayer meetings they they don't <laughs> i mean it's there's nothing in scripture that says go out to the world and bring unbelievers into the congregation nope it's, it's the exact opposite the Go, they're having gone. It's it's in the. Uh, it's your chair squeaking? Yeah, a little bit. I thought so. You know, having gone, that would be a better English translation. Having gone in the world, you know, uh, make disciples. That's imperative to make disciples uh, in wherever you've gone, whatever you're doing, whatever your course is, make disciples. You know, it's outside. And then as we make disciples, then. Right. Then they become part of the church, which isn't a building. It's it's a house of living stones. So Rachel on Periscope said, Azusa Pacific changed their beliefs because of the pressure from the outside. Yep, we are caving. Yeah. They they actually did, but then they it flipped around. They flipped back but again. Then and what kind of confidence does that yeah, I mean, give us? And, Randall yeah. won't give any money back to them. I mean, he graduated from APU. Yeah. Uh, then she said, did you see the Tucker Carlson interview where parents are accepting gender neutrality? Um, she called the difference in reproductive organs minor. Really? Yeah. And then this What other... about X and Y chromosomes uh, present then... in every cell of the body? And then Lux. Are those... Somebody named minor Lux, or Lux, I guess. Anyway, asks where we attend church and then asks if we're related. And yes, we're married. And we attend the Baptist church. Um, yeah, a Baptist. Not members. But... We're not members. 
we attended. We attend, but we're not members. Yeah, we are not members. Uh, anyway, um, they flipped. Yeah, no, they they yeah they flipped about a week later, and as far as I know, they they haven't flipped back. But uh, they they made the. I mean, the damage has already been done. Yeah. So uh, basically, we will cave to whoever is the loudest. His name is God. It's your first day on Periscope. Well, welcome to Bible News Radio. Congratulations for finding us. Out of all the millions of people on Periscope, how lucky are you, huh? No such thing as luck. I know. Just kidding. Anyway. Um, Providential. We have room. We got We got time for one more article. Well, yeah, probably just about that. And okay. Not much more. So let's go ahead and let's look at this article, seeing as this kind of fits into this thing, from World Net Daily, titled, Lesbians Quote Her, Unquote, uh, by Christian Baker Wore, Quote, Hidden Microphones, Unquote. Uh, this is by Bob Unruh over at World Net Daily. He actually published this three days ago. California launches second case after failing on the First Amendment grounds. Goes on to say, when California launched a second legal case against Kathy Miller and her Tastries Bakery after she declined to violate her Christian faith and produce a cake promoting same-sex marriage, the state alleged the two plaintiffs were, quote, stunned, offended, and hurt, unquote. But the reality, the duo had been wearing microphones while visiting various bakeries to find someone who would, quote, discriminate, unquote, against them. That's according to the Freedom of Conscience Defense Fund, which has been defending Miller since the original case was launched by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. In the government's first case, U.S. District Judge David R. Lamp ruled Tastry's owner had a First Amendment right not to express a message with which she disagreed. She said it was a simple case of First Amendment protections for Miller's speech. The state, which declined to appeal the ruling, then announced it was beginning its investigation all over, and while the judge agreed the state had the right to investigate, he pointed out his ruling was final, and he noted the state had refused to appeal. Now the state has renewed its prosecution, explaining that lesbians Eileen Rodriguez Del Rio and Miria Rodriguez Del Rio were, quote, stunned, defended, and hurt, unquote, when Tastries said it could not provide a cake for their wedding. The evidence shows that this was all a setup to get money and to destroy Kathy for her Christian faith, said Charles uh, LeMandry, president and chief counsel of FCDF. The couple never intended to actually celebrate their marriage with a custom cake from Tastries. We hope as this case moves forward, the full truth will come to light. In any event, Kathy's First Amendment rights already have been vindicated by the prior judgment in her favor. The legal team said that facts discovered during the investigation already show that the couple had intentionally been searching for a business that would discriminate against them, wearing hidden microphones to catch a business owner in the act. This meritless lawsuit is proof that California's pro-LGBT bureaucrats will stop at nothing until Kathy is put out of business. For over a year, Kathy's family and employees have faced death threats, lewd messages, and vandalism. The sad truth is if the government wins, then no Christian business owner will be safe from persecution. The second complaint is the same as the first, asserting that same-sex couple deserves payment for, quote, damages, unquote. Uh, Miria's nose started to bleed, which was completely out of the ordinary, and she got a headache, the state alleges. Although she tried to contain her emotions, Eileen later broke down. Her emotional anguish aggravated her rheumatoid arthritis. When did the, when did the vomiting and the... 
And the lesions and the boils start. Yeah. The defense team pointed out, although the lawsuit claims Eileen and Maria um, did not know what to do after the incident, the record shows the couple immediately took to social media, and within 30 minutes, Miller began receiving death threats and emails containing images of people engaged in depraved sexual acts. News crews arrived shortly afterwards. Traumatized by the sudden wave of rage from the LGBT activists, several pastries employees quit. In the previous case, Lamp denied a motion to order Miller to create the cake because it would, quote, do violence, unquote, to the First Amendment, and the government never appealed. The state said it could continue its investigation of Miller no matter the court's ruling. I'm not going to read the rest because it's basically just ending the article. But the point here is that this is just more evidence that these people who are out to destroy Christians and and our freedom of speech to have a conscience and the freedom of religion in this country. Um, they do it intentionally and on purpose. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of the hate from the LGBT lobby activist community, then you know everything that I just read is absolutely true. I know people. I used to do the social media for Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt from no, Praying no, Jesus' no, no, Name. No, 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 Hate only comes from and people in red hats. what I can tell you is that I have fielded so much vile from that community, you would not believe it. You would not believe it. You wouldn't. Unless you actually see it. That's why I'm so ardent about speaking out against it. Because I see it. And we've been on the receiving end of it. Uh, especially when we lived in California. Um, and we were taking on the Prop 8 issue. Marriage is one man and one woman. Yeah. Just so you know, marriage is one man and one woman. Yeah, it is. Just so you know, God made man and woman to go together. Yeah, he did. That's it. You can hate me if you want, but I stand with God. Yeah, I do. So, there you have it. All right, so tomorrow is Tuesday. So, as far as I know, we'll be back. Yeah, we will. We'll be back right here on the same station, people. Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, and all podcast channels, you've been warned. <laughs> Don't forget also to text me the term Bible News to 33222. Do that. You can join my text message list. Uh, and uh, you'll get a daily scripture. I'll alert you when the show's coming on, and occasionally I do a flash contest. You might win something. Like yesterday, uh, somebody won a book. I did a surprising uh, um, contest over on Periscope on Sunday afternoon, and somebody won a really nice book from Mike Heiser. So, By the way, if you guys uh, have bought something from me or won something from me in the last week, I plan on shipping that stuff out tomorrow so look 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 just so you know it, it will be going out there's only one of me i can only do so much at once but it will be going out hopefully tomorrow to get to you all right so that's it okay so as we always say be bold people stand up go with god because he loves you yeah he does don't don't care about what other people think care care more about what god thinks because he's on your side other people are they might not be, but anyway. Yes, we're in the same room. You are a curious person, aren't you? All right, so you have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>